Now here's former Hollywood actress Tina Griffin back with more behind-the-scenes info on the Counterculture Mom Show. According to the Recovery Village, who just released a study last week about drug use in high school, approximately 20% of high school students have had an encounter with drugs on school property. Teens often experiment with drug use due to peer pressure and academic pressure. Misuse of substances like alcohol and drugs is a growing problem in the U.S. And teens and young adults are most at risk, with half of all new drug users being under the age of 18 and one in five high school students having abused prescription drugs. Additionally, one-third of high school students currently use alcohol, 23% use marijuana, and 22% use all forms of tobacco combined. Drug use can result in poor grades, memory loss, and social problems. Addiction doesn't depend on income, job, age, race, or color. It is a disease of the brain that can happen to anyone. How do we keep our kids' drugs free? That question and more will be answered in this upcoming episode of the Counterculture Mom Show. I'm your host, Tina Griffin, and today, obviously, we are going to be talking about drug awareness, what are the red flags, and what drugs are trending. With me today is Nick DiMauro. Thanks a lot for jumping on the program with us today. Hey, I'm honored to be here. You're working behind the scenes to keep our kids safe. Thank you for all the work you do. You are the executive director and CEO of Lead Incorporated, which is Law Enforcement Against Drugs. Two thumbs up from Counterculture Mom and our team. You oversee the fastest growing drug and violence prevention organization in the United States. You've been serving on nonprofit youth-focused charitable boards for over 45 years, recognized internationally as a leader in evidence-based drug and violence prevention. And Nick resides in New Jersey with his wife. They have three children. Your oldest child is a successful businesswoman working in New York City. Thank you so much, Nick, for jumping on the show today. Thank you. And I look forward to that chatting. Absolutely. Now, my biggest question here, how has LEAD become known as the only tested and proven effective drug program in the nation? And how do you communicate unification involvement in making a difference? We partner with the Mendez Foundation, and we are the only evidence-based, tested, proven effective organization using K-12 curriculum serving law enforcement. So obviously the Mendez Foundation is also a K-12 proven effective program, but we serve law enforcement. We're the only law enforcement focused charity offering K-12 evidence-based proven effective curriculum. I think that is absolutely critical with the law enforcement side of things. We're going to be talking about that towards the end of the episode. Can you share with me how the evidence-based aspect of this takes place? All of our curricula are tested and proven effective through randomized trials uh, throughout the United States. The Mendez Foundation has spent millions of dollars testing their curricula, which is the too good family of curricula. What I mean by a randomized trial is, let's say we have 20 schools in a particular area. 10 schools are given the too good curricula. The other 10 schools are given no curricula. And then they do a comparison of the two. And randomized means you take the 20 schools and you throw schools one through 20 in a hat and you randomly select which schools are going to get the curriculum and which schools are not going to get the curriculum. 
That is awesome. And for people tuning in, you have a great video explaining exactly what LEAD is all about. So check this out. If you're watching this episode right now thinking, I have a family member, I myself am addicted to drugs, check out the show notes surrounding this program today. Nick has a lot of great resources and you definitely want to share this episode with everybody you know, because especially during COVID, Nick, you as well as myself, we're being bombarded with families wanting help because of the skyrocketing rate of suicide, depression, people are turning to drugs and alcohol. So you are a great resource, especially during this time. So thank you for doing the work you do. Here's a short little video about your mission. It's so important for communities to understand that the program that's being offered by their agency affects behavior and makes a difference. LEAD provides an opportunity for a police officer to be in the classroom. It builds a partnership between the police department and the students. I know what the drug situation is in America. The solution to that is LEAD. It is a proven, effective, evidence-based program for law enforcement. When the officers come into the classroom, the kids look up to them and they can't wait till they come back the next week. When we're teaching the LEAD program, that is their favorite part of the day. We want the kids to be successful. That's the name of the game. That's what we do as police officers. You know, it's in our makeup, it's in our blood, it's in our DNA. One of the best things that LEAD has done is bring communities together. Police, education systems, parents, teachers associations, it's a group effort. Rather than try and have one officer do an entire campus by themselves, we bring in an army of officers who partner with an army of teachers. Everyone has fun, the classes are very interactive, and I just see the smiles on the officers' faces, the teachers' faces, but most importantly, the kids' faces. It is the only 10-week, evidence-based, K-12 program taught by law enforcement, and it works. I can't think of any reason why a district wouldn't want to implement the evidence-based, proven effective, the kids are Respond to the program. It's all about the kids. That's why we're here, right? Changing communities, making a difference. We think it's probably the most exciting prevention model we've ever taken on. We have such a crisis with opioids. We have such pressure on kids. I can think of no more important thing to do in our school districts today. We are all going to work together so that we can solve this problem. Need is the answer. These children have the right to an effective program, a tested program, something that's going to save lives. At the end of the day, it's all about the kids. It's all about the kids. It is all about the kids. That needs to be made into a feature film. Phenomenal. And for this day and age, it's a great way to get cops involved with kids in the schools. I love police officers. If it weren't for them, we wouldn't have the freedoms we have right now on American streets. I wouldn't feel protected. You got that right. I I back the blue is all I have to say. So kudos to you for doing this. My number one question when watching that is let's say someone wants to start a lead chapter in Minneapolis or Nashville, where I live, or Sacramento. Can we get you to train these cops in that area on how to go into the schools, teach the kids about anti-drug message, what to watch out for? How does that work? Uh, It's very simple. You just call our office and we will work with you to set it up. We offer our trainings in person or virtually. 
We have trainings throughout the United States and we'll come to you. We're set up to serve. That's just neat where it doesn't have to just be an East Coast deal. This can be countrywide. And thinking back to the D.A.R.E. program when I was in middle school at 10, 11 years old for the first time, I can tell you I remembered what I learned. But to be able to have cops come in and teach me, that would have been absolutely fantastic. And they see what drugs do to young kids and teenagers and adults because they're dealing with it on a day to day basis right there on America's streets. So what a great, great idea. Do you have age specific curriculums for this? Yes, we have specific for each grade level Okay, and age appropriate. Currently, how many schools are you in teaching what you're teaching? Well, we're in 40 states. We have certified instructors in 40 states and over 3,000 officers serving probably 1,500 to 2,000 schools. Wow. So, Nick, you have a fantastic website. Can you explain to everybody about your curriculum, what you cover when you go to the schools, and how they can get their hands on your goods. It is basically a character education curriculum. The first five lessons of our curriculum are dealing with character education, decision-making. The next five lessons deal with specific age-appropriate drug consequence lessons, such as dealing with alcohol, tobacco, other drugs, a review of all uh, different types of substances. Keep in mind, we're not going to talk about heroin in the third grade. Right. And marijuana is introduced during the fourth grade, a little more heavier in the fifth, and then intensifies. And, and by the way, it's not marijuana anymore. It's cannabis. Yeah, right. So I noticed on your website, too, you have amazing things that you talk over with the students. You talk about goal setting, decision making, effective communication, anger management, media literacy, conflict resolution. There's so much that you talk about right here on your website with these kids. How long of a program is this? Our drug curriculums are 10 weeks, 10 lessons. And we also have a violence component also, which is very exciting. Now, keep in mind, the violence component, the first five lessons of our curricula are either too good for drugs or too good for violence the same five lessons. So you can do too good for drugs. It's 10 lessons. You can do too good for drugs and violence. It's 15 lessons. But the first five are the same for both iterations. That makes complete sense. Nick, what age are you seeing the drug problem begin? Is it kindergarten, third grade? and, And where's this pressure coming from? Well, you know what? Kids are making decisions with drugs at a very early age. You don't realize that even a prescription drug, when you are given a prescription drug at five and six years old, right, your parents or a guardian are supervising you and making that decision. That's actually a learning time. That's a time where you have to understand that Dr. Dr. John Doe prescribed one pill a day for 10 days, and you can't take more than one pill a day. You can only take one pill a day and you have to stay within the prescription. So children are learning the ramifications of drug use. And, you know, people get misconceived. They don't realize that drug use isn't all bad. There is good drug use. If it's prescribed and you need it to get better, that's an appropriate utilization of drugs. But we want to educate our students and our children to make good decisions for when they are taking prescriptions, when they're taking over-the-counter drugs, when they're dealing with uh, any other substance. Too many people get focused on cannabis or get focused on 
heroin or so on and so forth, but it's in our lives. Drugs are in everyone's life from start to finish. And it's our job to make sure that they understand that making good decisions. Absolutely. So Nick, you sent some amazing pictures our direction. Our team loved what we saw. Can you tell us what we're looking at right here with the classroom holding up some certificates? Yeah, this is a section of a class graduating from the LEAD program. That is so cool. The thing that bugs me so much is our culture is constantly bombarding our kids through pop culture, through peer pressure on the school grounds. But a lot of it really does stem from media. The movies glamorize it. TV shows glamorize it. You might have adults that sadly use it. But where have you seen that most of our kids are actually getting the drugs from? Unfortunately, drugs are available on the street, right? I was telling a friend of mine, I remember when I was in high school, you walked down the hall and the bathroom smelled like a uh, marijuana section, right? He said, how do you know what marijuana smells like? And being a former law enforcement officer, we're trained to say marijuana smells like marijuana. It's a distinct odor. And unfortunately, drugs are available throughout our society, and it's a shame. Alcohol is still the number one abused drug in the United States. It's very prevalent, and people don't also understand that, you know, not all drug use is bad. And the slide that you sent us here, it says 86% of teens know someone who smokes, drinks, or uses drugs during the school day. That is a shocker to me. Can you go into detail about the article you recently posted to the lead Facebook concerning fentanyl being in counterfeit pills? This is very concerning to me just because I've heard the same thing. What is all going on here with this article? The DEA put out a uh, document saying that counterfeit pills that targeting high school students may contain fentanyl. And as people will know that Heroin has been around for years, but what has been killing individuals lately is the fact that the heroin is laced with fentanyl. Wow. And you can ingest heroin 10 times. All it takes is one of those situations that is laced with fentanyl and you're dead. Yeah. So that's the problem. Nick, are you seeing new trends or spikes in the use of specific drugs we need to be aware of? Are there certain drugs where you'd say right away, parents, you want to make sure you're watching out for X, Y, and Z with your kids because these are the trending dangerous drugs on school campuses today? I mean, unfortunately, with the legalization of cannabis, there's a laissez-faire attitude towards marijuana and cannabis, and it's becoming more prevalent. Yes. Okay. But everything is available. My concern is that heroin use is up, cocaine use is up, and we need to make sure that our children make good decisions. So this is a question coming from a mom here of four that luckily they're 12 and under. They aren't tempted yet by this. Plus I homeschool. That gives a little added benefit. Not saying it still can't be an influence when they're out playing with friends or when I take them to their outside activities. For people tuning in right now that might think their kids are not drinking, they're not using drugs, what are some red flags that parents can look at or look for to say, wait a second, maybe my kids are currently using some kind of substance? Erratic behavior and a change in homework assignments, change in grades, change in uh, willingness to do things, social interactions, who they're associating with. Those are all uh, barometers. 
Okay, and just going off the cuff, as far as checking our children's bedrooms or looking in their backpacks, that's what I would do if I want to make sure if I have a red flag, check in my gut, my kid might be using a substance. How and where should we as parents look if our kids are crafty and they're good at hiding stuff? <laughs> that that's 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 an interesting question. It it, it it's your it's your house, right? <laughs> you know, look everywhere. Look everywhere. Have you heard any stories about parents saying, "Thank you so much, Nick, for helping us out"? I went home and I looked there or did that and saw that. Talked to my kid about this, and I discovered they were using. I now got them counseling. They're good to go. Can you share a couple stories of some happy oh, moments? Okay, uh, cool. And that's the key here. <laughs> when I talk to school districts, we're not here to punish kids. Right. If they have a problem, we have to get them help. I've had individuals in my family and had addiction problems. And I've been to many Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you know what bothers me more is that people stereotype them, those poor individuals that are seeking help. There's people in those rooms that have been in there for, for 25, 30 years. Our society looks at them. And said, oh, they're alcoholics or, you know, they have an addiction problem. You know, and how about they have a disease and right. they need help? That's the philosophy that we need to have in America. And that's what needs to change. We've become in a very, without getting to politics, we've become in a very a liberal society. Uh, but how about let's get people the help that they need and the services they need to make society a better place to live? I couldn't agree more. And we all have our issues. I mean, an, an alcoholic, you might have the evidence of the empty bottle and drunk on the street, but I could list off five things that I know I need to personally work on right now. It might not be an empty bottle, but we all have the stuff that we're working on. I never met a cupcake I didn't like, right? Right. <laughs> okay. And I'm not, you know, I'm trying to make a little light of it here. But, but the bottom line is you have to make good decisions and we've all made bad ones. I can't sit on this interview and tell you that I've never made bad decisions right. because I have. Right. I've been lucky. Most people have been very, very lucky. People can have a drink or two and still be, you know, okay. This isn't the prohibition era either. Right. You have to remember that. Exactly. And if you're going to use, use legally and use wisely with the amount, I, I that sounds fantastic. Can you give us a success story or two of a child, a parent that went through your program, they were freed from the addiction, or they're like, I'm never using, I'm going to do what you do, Nick. As soon as I'm out of high school, I want to be a counselor. Can you share a couple of great stories that came out of what you guys are doing in schools? We hear a lot of that, but keep in mind, prevention mm -hmm. efforts are the toughest thing to prove. How do you estimate that kids made good decisions? Right. You can only hope that people make good decisions. And I get really upset when there's a drug problem in an area and they don't want to do prevention. They almost give up on it. And it's it's horrific. You know what bothers me more is when you get people trying to do the right thing, they develop curriculum that's not been tested, and then they go give it to kids. That's To me, that's criminal. Right, because it has to go through the right process to know that it's actually helping and not going to hurt. Let's use this COVID situation. People have the right to choose whether they want to get the vaccine or not. Right. Right? 
in some situations, obviously, and there are employers or federal government that said, if you want to go here, you have to have the vaccine. Right. But still, the decision there, if you don't want to go there, you don't take the vaccine, right? So the point I'm trying to make is, if you have a substance use issue, it's still in your control to make a decision. No one's forcing you to put that drink in your mouth, that marijuana cigarette in your mouth, and so on and so forth. And that's what we have to make sure that they understand and make good decisions. I love it. And by sharing what can happen as a result, at least they heard ahead of time what the consequences might be. My issue with pop culture, they glamorize substance abuse and they don't show the consequences nine times out of 10. So what's the response you get typically after you get done with the 10 weeks and the kids go through your program? What do you hear from kids? Oh, we have almost a 70, 80% increase in knowledge, which is an amazing statistic between the pre-test and the post-test. We have to remember something. Our client is children, right? right? We serve children. Obviously, we provide other services in other areas, but that's who we are. Lead, I tell anyone who ever comes to work here at Lead, we're here to serve. Yeah. And we're here to serve communities. We're here to serve law enforcement agencies, school districts, and individuals throughout the United States. That That's awesome. And we talked about it earlier, the fact that a lot of preventative type drug organizations do not include law enforcement. Yours does. Can you give us the reason why you believe law enforcement must be recognized as a tool for keeping our kids safe and drug free? First of all, law enforcement what irks me is about this whole defund the police stuff is is malarkey. Yep. We need to do more. Law enforcement needs to be active, but they need to be active with the right tools. You you wouldn't send a police officer into a, a bank robbery without a without a weapon, right? Right. We need the correct tools. There have been other organizations that have used curricular in schools that never tested them. That's inappropriate. That's why we're growing so fast because people want a tested, proven, effective curriculum. Exactly. And they want to know that what they do is right. And here's an example of a, a training that we just had in uh, Gloucester Township, New Jersey. In this class, there are a couple of officers from Pennsylvania, actually. And you just got done training this group of men who are now going out into schools to teach the kids. Correct. That is so cool. I wish I was out there. I wish I could like not get sleep so I could partake in what you guys are all doing to help keep our kids safe from drugs. It just blows my mind what you guys are doing on the front of the lines. Everyone tuning in, you heard what Nick had to say. You can get the training materials. We're going to go to his website next here to look at the training materials. And you can take one of the courses as well online at leadrugs.org. That's again, leadrugs.org. You can also check out their super cool lead gear on their website. It is awesome. Wear it. Have a conversation starter. Nick, on your website, if they go to leadrugs.org, they can actually place a workbook order. Can you quickly give a glimpse on what you have to offer for your resources for parents that might want to do this with their kids at home or schools? We have a comprehensive website. Go on it. You can get all the materials, all the products. And it lists the training and how to get trained. We do not only just train police officers. We'll train teachers. We'll train prevention specialists. And we will train individuals that we feel are capable of teaching our curriculum. So anywhere 
in the country, if people want to be trained in this to help their kids and their communities, they can go to your website, get this information, download the curriculums, and then contact you to get started. Absolutely. Stack quick. That is awesome. Everybody tuning in, please get involved. And you can donate on their website as well, leadrugs.org. Get involved, donate towards their cause, download the curriculum. You can even volunteer if you want to volunteer with their organization. Check out the helpful links surrounding this show. Share this program with everybody because I can guarantee you, you know somebody that is currently struggling with drug addiction or you want to help prevent these young children from even going down the road of the dangerous drug situation. Download the Counterculture Mom app, get premium. We pump out a ton of positive content that's anti-drug. And also you can get a free parent media guide by texting the word GUIDE, G-U-I-D-E, to the number 55444. Get a free parent media guide right in your inbox, loaded with positive, quality, family-friendly entertainment. Nick, let's rewrite Hollywood script for our kids and make it a drug-free media diet, which will lead to a drug-free reality for our kids. Thank you for having me on. And uh, please, leadrugs.org, hashtag law enforcement against drugs, and go out like our Facebook page, uh, law enforcement against drugs and violence. You're great. Keep at it. Thank you so much for what you do. Get ready for part two of the Counterculture Mom Show right after this short commercial break. Parents, does your high school student have a plan for their future? Will they attend college, trade school, or enter the workforce? The whole planning process can be confusing. Envision Life Academy is a comprehensive career and college planning service dedicated to help you navigate career and college selection, financial aid, and the admission process. Visit EnvisionLifeAcademy.com to learn how they can help. Enter promo code TINA to receive 20% off your first month's service. EnvisionLifeAcademy.com. 